0: Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Dylan, a.k.a. Banshee Beat. Dylan is an electronic musician with a huge love of the souls games as i usually do with musicians i've put his, some of his music at the end of the episode if you like that you can go check out his patreon at patreon.com slash banshee beat um, he's just released a new ep called techo deluxe this week and he gave me an early access to it and it is great so you should go listen to it remember if you want to be on the podcast go to www.dontgiveupskeleton.com contact and send me a message and you will be on the show just like dylan thanks and enjoy the episode So, um, I guess let's start at the beginning. Tell me about your about the first Souls game that you played, or the first From Software game.
1: So, uh, to really start that off, you uh, got to go back to like 2011, 2012 uh, when Dark Souls came out and got kind of a big following. Uh, I had a group of friends that all lived together, and I would always go hang out with them, and all they did was play Dark Souls. And I was just like, y'all are obsessed with this game that's really hard do something else (laughs) i didn't come over here to watch you play dark souls but despite that i really enjoyed watching them play it because you know it was this really visually striking adventure game where you know i'd go in at one moment they'd be in fire league shrine fighting skeletons and then next they'd be heading into blight town i was like what is this place it's crazy and they're like oh it's the worst don't go to blight (laughs) town and i was like oh okay Uh, so, you know, that was kind of my, uh, familiarity with souls for a while. It was just like this game, a bunch of my friends were obsessed with for a while that I had no interest in playing because I'm bad at video games. Uh, so as time went on, I was, I, I've always liked playing games, but, uh, you know, uh, that hobby kind of sometimes takes a backseat to other things I'm doing, particularly music in school. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was one year where I got like real heavy into Terraria, and it was not good because I put way too many hours into that game. But, uh. I'm not.
0: Oh, wait, I am. That's like the 2D kind of like crafty.
1: Yeah, game? it's kind of like Minecraft. I mm-hmm. don't know how similar to Minecraft it is because I've never actually played Minecraft. But same. I, I, same. I
0: don't. I've never played a Minecraft game
1: in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I I normally like don't care for like crafting games, but Terraria has like that like explore the whole underground aspect that I was really into. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, around the time like 2014 ish when I think it was Dark Souls 2 first came out, um, people were like, "Hey, you should check out." dark souls and dark souls 2 you really like super metroid right and i'm like yeah super metroid is my favorite game and they're just like well it's just you know it's basically same big open world go dig around in it i'm like that sounds really cool so i red boxed dark souls 2 and i played it for about an hour i think i got through majula and to heights tower of flame i think <laughs> but i wasn't like super invested so i think i played it for like an hour and then was like i don't this is up to you, so i don't care and suck it back um and i didn't think about it for like another year um so think around this time last year i was at a used bookstore chain that's big here um and i was like you know what uh, I'm going to get a Souls game because something had recently brought it back up to my attention. So I was like, all right, so they have Demon Souls and Dark Souls 2. And I went on Twitter. I was like, which one do I get? And so the consensus was Dark Souls 2. So I, I grabbed it. And I don't know what it was about, you know, second time's the charm, but I was like really into it. And... Really fell in love with the like world design, which is something I possibly don't keep that opinion, but still a solid game uh and I just really love digging around in it, you know fighting stuff i got I think my main weapon on that playthrough was the great swords, so just fighting everything with my just big fuck off sword,
0: yeah, it was real yep. great. Um, <laughs> that's how I love playing these games. Like a big fuck off weapon of any kind is usually like the most fun to play.
1: Yeah, and uh I think I tried using a DEX weapon, but Dex weapons and two just degrade so fast.
0: They really do. Like you have to have like four of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, tr- I, I tried to do like...
0: uh PvP using two whips, like power stanced whips, and I just basically had to carry repair powder on me at all times. It was fucking ridiculous. That I couldn't sucks. get through a 30-second match.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh i'm trying to think if i have any like funny stories about my first run through dark souls 2 but that is a distant memory how did you come to terms um, with
0: like the the mechanics because dark souls like especially compared to something like terraria but like even most action rpgs like it plays pretty pretty differently from those like did you have a lot of problems with the difficulties at levels and things like that or did you kind of get the combat pretty quickly
1: I got the combat pretty quickly. Uh, the thing about two, both vanilla two and scholar, at any point in my, I guess soul's career, for lack of a better term, uh, I always hit like these hard difficulty blocks that take me a while to get through, mm-hmm. but they don't really like defer me from playing it. Like, uh, in scholar, when I briefly played scholar, uh. Like, a big one was Iron Keep. Just way too many enemies in that whole uh, run-up to the Smelter Demon. but
0: yeah, that's... <laughs> specifically in Scholar, but even in Vanilla, like, it's that's just such a grind. Like, getting yeah. through to the Smelter Demon is just such a grind. It's the only time in that game I was actually glad that they, like, expire enemies or whatever. Like, after you kill them 15 times.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it took me, like, at least six runs to get up there <laughs> and then when i finally did i took out smelter demon like it was nothing
0: wow okay that's good because <laughs> that's kind of a, a roadblock of a boss for a lot of people
1: i i think uh granted by the time i played scholar i think i'd played vanilla 2 maybe three times mm-hmm. uh and i think i had just gotten my uh agility up to a decent level so i was just I frame rolling through all his attacks, <laughs> and
0: you're kind of making me want to play Dark Souls too. And that's not something I say very often. Usually, it's right. Uh, usually, it's the Bloodborne section of this podcast. It's like, hmm, I, I should mean, go put I that mean, game in.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get there. There's, there's <laughs> lots of love, Bloodborne love to be had. Uh, so I'm trying to
0: think. Did you uh like you said you you mentioned you played vanilla like three times. Like was that different builds and and things like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think every build was basically me with a great sword, but it was three separate builds <laughs> I, with with two as opposed to other games. When I when I would make new characters, I'd be like, do I want to try a new weapon? Nah, great sword treats me real well. <laughs> not gonna not gonna switch up what works.
0: Did you um, did you like fall into the, the, the rabbit hole of YouTube videos and like PvP or any of that stuff? Like, did you get caught up in the community at that point?
1: Uh, not really. Uh, I've never been terribly sucked into PB- PVP, but I never really got into it at all with two. Um, which is a shame because, you know, during its heyday, I've heard it was the best one to get into, but I think I came into it late enough and, uh, cause I think, you know, that was a few months before three came out. So I think by that time people had either gone back to one or were just stuck with Bloodborne.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Um, but I'm trying to think if there was anything else special about my first run through Dark Souls 2. I think I got at least up to Drangleic Castle, um, maybe up even to Aldie's Keep. And I was over at a friend's house, and he was he's a big Souls fan, and he was asking me what I'd liked about it too. and I was just like, I really like, you know, the big interconnected world. You know, it it's just like it's so great to walk around and he's like well have you seen the map for one and i was like no and he pulled up the uh artist interpretation that's like a big vertical block
0: yeah 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 that like like the the big slab thing that he did yeah and Mm. he showed me
1: that i was like wow this literally looks like disneyland i need to play this game (laughs) right now
0: that uh i'll have to put a link in the show notes but that um i have all three of that dude's pieces like because he did companion pieces to that based on the um painted world and the undead asylum that are like matchy matchy with that and they're all just freaking awesome i can't wait to get them framed
1: i don't know if i saw the asylum one but i think i've seen the painted world one Mm -hmm. uh there's a local uh company in tucson called fangamer and they sell a lot of uh like they they do a lot of video game merch and stuff but uh, a lot of stuff like earthbound and they're the official distributor of all of the official undertale merch Mm mm-hmm But uh, in their office, they had, you know, a big uh, print of that. And I was like, do you guys sell those? And they were like, no, we just printed this out for the office. But we're moving offices in like a week and we're just going to throw it out. Do you want it? And I was like, yeah. yeah, Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) Now I just have like this like seven foot poster of Lordran that I don't have hung up because I don't know where to put it.
0: (laughs) I'm just trying to figure like the cost of framing a seven foot poster. (laughs) Oh, yeah. $250 for the frame. Man, that's yeah, awesome that, though. That's that, a really good that, print.
1: Yeah, that frame is gonna be called masking tape. <laughs> <laughs> Would look like so at that, that frame though. I actually hadn't thought about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at that point, did you um were, were you playing Dark Souls 2 on the consoles or were you playing on PC? Where were you playing at?
1: Yeah, I strictly uh I'm a Sony boy.
0: Okay.
1: I'm a Sony and Nintendo boy. And since uh Nintendo does not get any of those good good souls games, I uh Strictly PlayStation.
0: Although just this week, and again dating the podcast, which I probably shouldn't be doing, but um, they just <laughs> c- kind of made that thing where um, from software said that they had Dark Souls three running on the Switch.
1: Don't tell me that. That's really bad.
0: And worse, they're talking about doing the trilogy for the Switch.
1: Okay, I I'm putting my <laughs> PS4 in the garbage and all that <laughs> Switch. I can finally play Souls on an airplane. It's
0: all I've ever wanted. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine, like, I'm, like, I gotta go, you know, do anything and just bringing that little, like, tiny-ass console with you and playing fucking Dark Souls somewhere. I just can't, that just boggles my mind, like.
1: Yeah, and that also sounds really awful because, you know, the one thing I do when I'm at home, like, I, I could do laundry, I could, you know, work on this thing. No, I'm just gonna play Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> i i actually meant to before i uh started the podcast i was going to go through all of my saves and count up the entire many hours that i've spent playing the soul series over the last year and i was like one i don't have time and two i don't want to face that reality
0: i made the, the um i've got an xbox one and uh I, I loaded up dark souls one on it because it's backwards compatible and uh i just it pulls whatever cloud save you have and um It was a a save that I don't even remember making that was all of the characters. There were three characters on it with like 200 hours. And again, don't have any memory of these characters whatsoever. And they all had like weird versions of rapper names like Lil Kim, (laughs) like L-Y-L Kim. And like, don't remember making any of these. And like, oh, yeah, I guess I need to add 200 hours to my play clock on Dark Souls 1. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. That's great. Very, very bad. So you must have picked up Dark Souls 1 on PS3 then.
1: I did. Um, what's what's actually cool is I had bought two at the used bookstore, and they were like, since it's almost Christmas, you have a month return policy on this game instead of a week. So like the last day I had, you know, able to return that, I went to GameStop, and they were having like a buy two used games get one for free. So I got Dark Souls, Dark Souls two with the DLC included. And Last of Us for like eighteen bucks, and took the one <laughs> copy back.
0: That's just, that's some sweet games for eighteen dollars, man. Jeez. Yeah. What was it like going from Dark Souls two to Dark Souls one? Because, like, obviously there's there's a pretty significant difference. And like, you know, Dark Souls two, depending on who you're talking to, is either the worst game in the series or the best game in the series. But, um, like, just going from like the way that the combat works and everything to something a little bit more simpler, but a little bit more to me, I hate to use the word, but like visceral, the way that the combat is in dark souls one. Like, did you, did you instantly fall in love or did you have a period of adjustment?
1: I think I adjusted pretty smoothly. Cause I don't think I had really any reservations getting into it as far as like mechanics go. Um,
0: so you just picked it up and yeah, ran with it. Basically. Were you, um, Like, are you the kind of guy that's, like, using a Wikipedia to help you along with builds and stuff? Or are you just figuring everything out for your own or getting information for friends?
1: I did a lot of leaning on walkthroughs and, like, reference guides, which I kind of wish I didn't. Because going into those games completely blind is really an experience, and I've only done that with a handful of things in the series. Cause I'm a baby and I'm just like, I need to know how to not die in this game. (laughs) (laughs) But in doing so, you know, I ruined, you know, surprise encounters and where I was going and things like that.
0: Well, tell me what it's like, kind of walk me through your dark souls one experience. Did you go in thinking like, okay, I'm going to find the biggest sword I can and then just start wailing on things.
1: So I think the main weapon I used during my first playthrough was the claymore, which is in between a, Really big sword and regular sword, so I got I got kind of the feeling of the big, huge sword but without all the, I guess, strength mm-hmm. requirements. Um, and that treated me pretty well through the game. Uh, I think my first build was quality because I think I had a basic understanding of how builds worked, but was just like. I don't know if strength or dex is actually making my weapon stronger, so I'm just going to do both. So I think I got them both to, like, 40. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good build, though. That's basically, like, I, I can use any weapon in the game at that point, almost. Like, besides some of the, like, weird gimmick weapons, like Smose hammer or something. Like, being able to pick up anything yeah. and use it fairly well is, can be a really, really fun time through Dark Souls 1.
1: Definitely. Uh but at the same time I think I only ever used that claymore, so I think it was kind of <laughs> worthless. I had a great build with no variety.
0: If you uh if you dug the interconnected world of Dark Souls 2, uh like what did you think about Dark Souls 1, which actually has like a, a very oh, interconnected oh. and like overlapping world?
1: I, I loved it infinitely more. I was just like, this is everything i wanted. And it, as I was playing it, I was like why did I sink all those hundreds of hours into Skyrim? The Skyrim is a terrible game compared to this. <laughs> I was just like, I can't go back to elder Scrolls games after this.
0: Yeah, man, I don't, uh, Skyrim was definitely a dark souls victim for me. Like I, I booted that game up and I don't have much of a history for elder scroll to begin with. Like I, I kind of, for whatever reason skipped the Morrowinds and the all of those of the worlds so just didn't have really like a a lot of affection for him to begin with and then the first time I got into a fight in Skyrim and I was like wow this is terrible yeah (laughs) it's like I just went right back to Dark Souls it's bad
1: I think uh right when I got my PS3 I think that was around the time that I Skyrim came out and I was like I'm gonna see what people are talking about and when like skyrim came out i had just seen the name everywhere and i actually didn't know what the name was so the like natural thought i had in my mind of what the game was was like some weird like futuristic mech game because i was thinking skyrim okay yeah. Skytech. <laughs> what's, what's the thing from terminator um
0: skynet yeah
1: <laughs> skynet yeah so i was just like i don't know what this game is but it sounds tight and then i was like wait elder scrolls oh this is the morrowind game oh well i'll see what it's about And I really liked it, but, you know, it was just because it's kind of a game that, you know, you can just wander around aimlessly and for hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't really do
1: anything important, but it's a, you know, you don't really care when you're just wasting time.
0: That's how I'm playing the, The Witcher 3, not to get too far off topic from Dark Souls, but, like, I have barely done anything in that game, and I have, like, 20 hours into it, just wandering around and, like, finding random quests, and it turns into, like... 10 random quests (laughs) and i'm like whoa this got big but have barely like i don't even think i've left the first continent yet like i've had the same quest marker to go to a different town for like you know 15 hours now it's ridiculous
1: i think uh witcher 3 might be the next thing i pick up it's
0: big i had to turn them all of the combat settings down to easy because the the combat was to me it's it's again it's coming from souls right like i just i think it just feels clunky so like it the best thing that i could do is just turn all the settings down to easy and just like now it's just it's just button mashing to get through stuff like i don't even really care and because i don't really care about the combat in that game i'm way more focused on like the questing and like talking to people and doing stuff Combat is kind of the weakest point of it for me, but that that might change. I just need to get back to it.
1: <laughs> that's that's how I felt about Dragon Age because I know it's got it's more like the it's not the action RPG to the battle mechanics, but with that, I was just like, you're putting me up against all these enemies that I can't actually actively fight, and I would be just in these areas that are just enemies. I'm like, I can't talk my way out of this. <laughs> <laughs> just let me talk to more people. That's all I want to do in this game. <laughs> that's that's kind of like.
0: I would love the witcher if there was a non-combat option for like for everything that you do. Like if I can go through that game without um, like just playing it completely passively. And I've I've actually tried to do this in dark souls too. Like I tried to do a completely passive run where you can only deal indirect damage to enemies and it's, basically impossible like um, lobos could probably do it maybe but like sure. just tr- just trying to use like poison cloud and you know toxic cloud and things like that like you just get to some bosses and they just you just can't do enough damage like it's just impossible like the four kings like, you can't you can't passively damage the four kings and expect to get out of that fight alive or at least i can't with my skill level so I,
1: yeah i feel that uh i i made a soul level like 12 build because i think 12 is the minimal level you can have to invade level one people Uh, just so I could, you know, beat four Kings and get that red orb. Mm Uh, I, I did that and I got all the way to four Kings and I just couldn't beat four Kings. And, uh, I think I came back to it months later and beat it and then was like, cool, I got the red eye orb. I'm going to just go ruin noobs day like they did for me. And every world I invaded was someone doing the same thing and they just wrecked (laughs) me. And I was like, yep, still can't get into PVP. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, it's,
0: it's weird how much of a um, like it's it's kind of a cliche with Dark Souls of like, oh hey, I was I was low level and I got invaded by a dude and he killed me, and it seems to have gotten to the point like with each game in the series that they've released, like they've wanted to kind of protect against that every time. Like, Dark Souls Two has that weird soul memory system, and Dark Souls Three like kind of favors people that have um, summons with them. Like, very rarely do you invade someone by themselves, and man, it just like to me and I, cuz I did the same thing I have a soul level 1 build beat the four kings went to the burg invaded and it's nothing but soul level 120 gank squads like just hanging out like where are these noobs getting killed at that I hear about all the time I've never seen Yeah one.
1: <laughs> I mean it's my fault for you know trying that in 5 years after the game's been out Sure yeah. and, and when and that secret's just been out way too long <laughs> You know there's no surprise there anymore
0: I was thinking about that the other day of like how invading was such a weird mechanic when Dark Souls came out that like, even by the time I got to it, which was several months later after the game had been out for a while, like it still seemed like, a, like almost like a secret of like, Oh yeah, like I can, I can game this system to my advantage. And just uh, nowadays, like that's the first thing that anybody ever runs to and uh, Dark Souls yeah. two or three, like that's exactly, that's the go that they go there immediately.
1: Definitely. I think uh, I got, three like a week after it had been had been out because i think that's when i got my ps4 um and like all i saw like online the week before i actually got it was just like oh ds3's out everyone's doing pvp and i'm just like i'm way too late to this trend
0: (laughs) yeah that was as much as a I mean, like, I really enjoyed it when it was a little bit more natural, and, like, you can evade people throughout the world. There were, not like, these, like... I mean, the PvP arena is fine, like, for what it is. Like, if you want to go and have a relatively fair fight with another person or another group of people, like, the PvP arena is fine, but... There's something about Dark Souls that kind of brings out the asshole in me that I just want to go terrorize people in random parts of the game, and that doesn't seem to really exist anymore. Like, everyone's either expecting it, or they've already planned against it, or it just, you just can't do it. So, it's kind of yeah. a bummer. That's the like, best thing about uh, Dark Souls 1 on the Switch, is that I'm thinking all these Nintendo kids may not have any idea, and I can go troll them Oh my, Yeah! <laughs> that's
1: going to be real nice.
0: Yeah, I'm finally
1: going to get that PvP experience I've always wanted.
0: <laughs> I'm really hoping that um, like Meverse is still in this concert so that we can get some oh, good like me oh, hate mail going.
1: Are, are you going to, is the blog going to be back in full force with just me posts?
0: I hope so, man. If it, if it's there, that seems like the best way to revive that blog.
1: <laughs> oh, that'd be great. But yeah, like the few times uh, when, when you go through just solo and you get like an invader, that's not a pure, just one shot kill build. It, it's always a fun time
0: yeah or just like the the madcap invaders right that like try to convince you to do weird stuff or that uh, drop stuff for you or that like you know kind of run away and then like kind of just like screw with you throughout the level like all that kind of stuff is really really fun and it just doesn't really exist anymore
1: yeah I wish I had more of those experiences I think I've had like maybe one or two but that's one of my favorite kinds of invaders
0: yeah like oh go ahead
1: uh i think uh it was you gary or somebody on a different podcast we're talking about how there were the th- some dude invaded uh a world with a dude with two phantoms and they all used uh chameleon and turned into barrels and then they did like the <laughs> i mind trick thing
0: yeah yeah that's an old dark souls one video that's one of the best ones i'm trying to remember what it's called i think it was they just called it like the barrel game in pvp or something but like how great is that
1: yeah <laughs> and i'm just like that sounds just in infinitely more enjoyable than you know invading someone in three and it's just like oh look there's four phantoms and they all have huge swords and they're just gonna jump on me
0: yep this spamming R1 constantly so you can't do anything. Like, yay, this is this is definitely the PvP I signed up for.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to three. Yeah. So what were you saying?
0: Um and, and so in Dark Souls one, like obviously you're kind of really enjoying the interconnected world and everything. Like and I'm kind of curious about Dark Souls 2 as well. Like, are you how long did it kind of take you to pick up the story? Because it's especially dark souls 2 like the the story you really have to kind of dig at it to get it out and what's there is good but like did, did it take you a long time to realize like hey i need to read these item descriptions or, or are you just kind of ignoring all of this stuff completely
1: so i don't think really got into that until i got to one because i as much as i love to like the way item descriptions come up in the menu i think is really unesthetically pleasant because um, it's just like an extra pop-up window and it just makes that like really just like <laughs> sound and it's just like this tiny text and I'm like I don't want to read this so I think I did that a lot with one um, and I also spoiled myself with a lot of YouTube videos because by the time I got to Dark Souls 1 you know Vadi's entire Prepare to Cry series had been out for years all of you know, Silvermont's videos had been out for years and all those classic DS1 soul videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have to put too much time into reading uh, item descriptions and was just able to watch those, which is also just kind of a mistake on my end, because I wish I was... D- dug, dug that up on my end first before, you know, seeing the whole thing spelled out for me.
0: Are you the type of person that can dig that stuff up? Because, like, I'd I have actively tried like I was there on release for Dark Souls 2 and like I had a notebook out and I was like okay I'm gonna make notes of stuff as I find them and I'm gonna I'm gonna put together some lore shit and like literally wrote one thing down and didn't get anything else out of item descriptions like I just my mind does not work in the way that can you know grab all of these disparate pieces of information from all these item descriptions and then you know weave it into a coherent story
1: definitely uh i'm on the same page with you there uh unrelated story it's kind of similar i i think for october uh remake resident evil was uh free for ps plus users Mm -hmm. so i was like i'm finally going to play this despite the fact that i've owned it on gamecube for years and never got very far in it um so I was just like, I'm going to use no walkthroughs. I'm just going to write down notes, write down what doors are locked, write down where puzzles are. And I'm going to get through this with just like a handmade map. And that lasted about two days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it is exactly what I was thinking. So, okay, good. That doesn't make me feel bad then. I, I really feel like the specifically Vadi, but like a bunch of, a bunch of lore people, like the ability to put all that stuff together is really, really interesting to me. Like, I just, I can't do it. And it just like, my entire YouTube channel is nothing but like dumb shit. Like, and to have somebody actually come into it with an academic mind, like, like the, uh, the guy that's been on Bonfireside chat a couple of times, the Bloodborne up close guy, like, his approach to these things just boggles my mind. Like you're yeah, way too smart I, to be playing Bloodborne, man. Like go, go yeah. teach a class.
1: <laughs> and like I, I especially love, uh, Oh God, what is that guy's name? Um, huh? I, I don't remember, but, uh, I, I love his videos just cause like they're purely based on visual, like h- hints and like visual storytelling which is some of my favorite stuff in the Souls world, Mm -hmm. Um, which is probably my biggest like blow to Dark Souls 2 after playing the other games. (laughs) Because as (laughs) much as I love to, the uh, environments are very sterile for lack of a better term.
0: Yeah, they're all, it's, it feels flat in a way that the other games don't. Like yeah. Like, it It really feels like, even in, like, some of the more organic areas, like the Shrine of Ramana or the uh, Huntsman's Cops, like, even there, like, some of the texture work and stuff just feels kind of, I don't want to say, like, last gen or anything like that, but, like, it just feels like they didn't have enough time to really put the work in that they usually do, which is True, because you know it's, it, that interview with the design works people said like, yeah, they had to scrap everything midway through development. Oh yeah, which
1: is crazy. <clears throat> like for for Dark Souls two to be what it is now is kind of incredible as it is.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. And to come back and like knock it out of the park with those DLC packs, like just within like what six months of the main game releasing, like that's totally insane.
1: Yeah, um, I'm actually af- after. From what little I know of the Dark Souls 2 development, I really want to know the if there were any similar things with 3. Because as much as I see Miyazaki credited as like the main director, I've also heard uh, in other places that I don't have sources for that there were up to like three separate directors working with like three separate sub-teams, which <laughs> is why the game feels so disjointed.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see that uh i don't want to give credit to like miyazaki as being like some amazing person like because and he is don't get me wrong but like it it really feels like the community as a whole just leans on that way too much like and with all of the rejoicing that dark souls 3 was going to be miyazaki led and it turns out like hey it's still kind of hard and it really makes it seem like dark souls 1 was more you know catching lightning in a bottle than anything else like they i don't think that they knew it was going to be as good or as big of a thing and and trying to continually update that and redo it like you can definitely tell like yeah this was a whole lot of luck and a whole lot of work that made Dark Souls 1 as special as it is
1: yeah definitely especially since it's the only one that doesn't have the like go back to the hub to level up mechanic
0: yeah right <laughs> like that seems really weird in retrospect that this is the only the only game that does that and they also like they also perfected the healing system like the Estus was 100% perfect and the changes they made to two, I didn't really dig that much, even though Life Gems kind of you know offset that, and the world was kind of built around that. But like Dark Souls three, I just I don't know, man. Having to split that Estus Flask just really really annoys me. And then you know you look at Bloodborne, and I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the healing system in Bloodborne at all. So, uh,
1: for me, as far as three goes, I I whenever I would do anything that would require the second Estus Flask. It would be like I had a weapon that I used weapon arts for or I, you know, dabbled a little bit in like faith mainly for buffs, Mm -hmm. but I would never really need more than my initial attunement bar. Mm -hmm. So I would just have regular flasks. Gotcha.
0: That's what I did for my uh, strength build. Like I I hardly, like I would use whatever magic I could out of my like normal bar. But if it was empty, I was like, okay, well I can't do that, and I don't really need it. That was just a bonus. So
1: yeah. Also, like the way that the flash shards are kind of distributed throughout the game is kind of weird. Because like you can get to like halfway through the game, and you'll have eleven, which I guess isn't too far from the most you have in. One, but always felt kind of strange to me,
0: yeah,
1: well, did you finish?
0: Uh, did you finish Dark Souls One?
1: Yeah, so I beat Dark Souls one uh like I think maybe a month after starting it. um I'm trying to think if and i I had also gotten the d l c so I played through that too, and that was a lot of fun. uh I think the hardest boss for me was probably Manus yeah um, I, can,
0: I can believe that
1: <laughs> and like i i got i think i've i've only beaten Manus on my first character cuz i've just been like you know that took me in upwards of maybe 60 tries just <laughs> rapid fire just like died, go back in die go back in so
0: at least the bonfire is pretty close like by the time i was done with manas like i had that like route memorized like i can drop here i can roll here i can roll past these dudes and now i'm at the bond gate <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're just like, all right, one, two, three, roll, just to avoid the one mage doing the uh, whatever that spell's called.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Richard Pilveen, that's, that's, by the way, this, it just came to me. I was going to say Richard, but I wasn't yeah. completely sure.
0: Bloodborne, that Bloodborne up close guy from earlier, we were talking about Richard Pilveen. It took me a minute to get there, but I, I didn't have to Google, so I guess my brain yeah. still works. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, where did you go from Dark Souls 1? Did you go back in time to Demons, or did you jump into Dark Souls 3, or were you playing Bloodborne? So,
1: I think by the time I finished Dark Souls 1, it was around March, so I can't remember if I was just like, that was incredible, I need to do that over again. And I either started a new character, or I went into New Game Plus, or I started a new build on DS2, oh wait, no, as soon as I, uh, I think when I beat DS1, I actually hadn't finished all of DS2 yet, so I went back, I think all I had left was all Keep, the DLCs, and then Nishandra. so I think I went back and did that, and between then and Dark Souls 3 coming out, I would either play those two intermediately and I would also go to my friend's house and play his copy of Bloodborne because I didn't have a PS4 at the time and boy did I really like that game (laughs) (laughs) and uh, everything from like the setting to the way the game plays to it being the first next-gen Souls game I was playing at the time I was just like everything about this is incredible and I suck at it but it's really great and i can't stop playing it so i would just go to my friend's house like every other night just to play his copy of bloodborne and he would just play dota or whatever on his pc (laughs) (laughs) just so i could use his tv that's great (laughs) and what was great about that playthrough is i didn't actually have to use a guide because he would just be like hey you should go over there hey you should do this and sometimes you know that would get me killed uh because he's like hey what's what's over on that uh you know, what's what's up with that weird wood over there across the bridge uh, in Forbidden Woods? What does that do? And then I step on it, and then get hit by a giant, spiked piece of wood.
0: Excellent. Good deal. <laughs> I've talked about it a couple of times, but um, s- people that are Souls fans, and then when they're trying to kind of sherpa someone else through a Souls game, like, there's something so gleeful about them leading people into traps and like oh yeah yeah just just you wait (laughs) like it seems like everybody wants to see people make the same mistakes that they did in their playthrough like and i I think that's something that's relatively unique to the souls games of those like gotcha moments that people really really want you to see
1: definitely and they also want you to succeed so like they'll they'll be like hey you should go over here and you'll find like a really cool weapon or something and then they'll be like hey go over here and something will just like eat you so it's it's that like, uh you know, they, they lead you to both because they want you to experience everything, but mm-hmm. you never know which, which one's going to get you killed and which one's going to get you that, uh, the whirly <laughs>
0: A.K.A. the best weapon in the game.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I was like, I wanted, uh, I started a new uh, Bloodborne playthrough relatively recently and I was like, should I do another dex build? And I was like. No, I gotta use the Whirling Gigsaw again. So I just have like three characters that just finish the game with the Whirly Gigsaw. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're definitely the kind of guy that finds the weapon and sticks with the weapon, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, like as much as I my first playthrough that I played on my own, because once I got a PS4, he just let me borrow it. So I would have to, you know, stop showing up at his house at eleven o'clock every night after I got off work. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think you know th- the first time I had a, de- a skill build and I really liked it, but I think by the time I found, I think my first playthrough I was skill, and the second one I was like I'm gonna do pure strength, and I just found out like how easier it was, and I was like, mm, yeah, this is kind of a lot easier.
0: <laughs> I can I can
1: just go up to Ludwig and just use that L two when it's on fire and just watch that health bar just kind of fall away
0: my uh my primary build um that i've played the most in bloodborne is an arcane build and uh so and i've done a lot of like chalice diving so i've got like insane you know arcane or bolt gems or whatever so i've got that thing full of uh bolt gems and man let me tell you <laughs> like fighting rom on that build is so much fun i can just drain half his health bar in one stamina meter like it's so much fun watching it just go uh, click all the way down mm.
1: I should definitely go. try that uh on my first uh skill build it was like a skill uh arcane hybrid I think my arcane was like twenty five so not enough to use a call beyond but mm-hmm. to use basically everything else um and I was really excited. I went into the d l c uh and I was like i'm gonna get milkwood and i'm gonna be a broccoli man it's gonna be real good uh and then I got to i think it's i think it's Adeline, the NPC uh, with the brain mm -hmm. brain fluid. Uh, There is at one point where you can't find any more brain fluid, and you have to actually kill her so you Mm -hmm. can get it from her. Uh, I apparently had not triggered the event where you were supposed to do that, so I just killed her.
0: Oh no! So I figured she would just drop it automatically. That's weird.
1: Yeah. So because there's apparently like a point where she becomes, you know. Unkillable, but I was not at that point yet because I think you know I had to go through one more loading screen to trigger it. Oh, man, souls with so,
0: this like NPCs only move around after you've triggered a load is kind of annoying. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. So I was just like, oh, I guess I guess I can't be a broccoli man on this character. Yes, I'm not doing another arcane build ever again. Oops. And then I think every <laughs> character I've done since I've gotten it and I've never done arcane, so I'm just like, mm, wish I had this on that one character. I needed it.
0: It's neat, like turning into the broccoli Guys is really fun, especially if you get the um Kaz parasite thing from the orphan of Kaz, and like just that whole move set is just ridiculous. Like when you do a backstep and the animate backstep attack, like he like spits, like he literally vomits, and like that's just gross.
1: That's really cool. <laughs>
0: yeah, and then like all of your dash attacks, like it's like you, um, it's like you don't have any bones anymore. Like they change the animation. Like anytime that you're dashing left and right, like your whole body kind of like. I don't. I don't know the ways to describe it. Like it's like you're like, it's like you don't have any bones. Like you just kind of flop over there.
1: Oh yeah, <clears throat> it's really. I weird. bet that's really great. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other particular Bloodborne stories that are funny. Um, after I basically beat the game, I think maybe the first time. Uh, uh as I mentioned before, my favorite thing in in Souls is just like the visual storytelling, and I think I had just watched richards videos so i literally just walked through the entire city with my monocle just looking at everything (laughs) and i would stand on like the bridge that you get to to get to gascoigne and i would just be like oh look down there that's the church of the good chalice that's where one good boy is and then i'd be like there's your hargul there's that and i was just been like look around and other stuff and then i think you get to forbidden like the area that leads down to forbidden woods and you can look out and you can actually see like a different city way out in the distance
0: mm-hmm. souls has such uh, has such great skyboxes man like just like being able to look out um like and even dark souls one does this and bloodborne does it really well too of just being able to look out and be like yeah i'm probably gonna go to there like i will probably end up over there at some point and then when it actually works you're like oh shit i'm over here now this is cool <laughs> Uh, I was I was going to ask like was there any particular like um, boss or area that you had the most trouble with throughout the game?
1: Uh, so honestly, the boss that gives me the most trouble and it gives me the most trouble on every build, every time I play Bloodborne, and I don't get it, but it's always Gascoigne. Gascoigne is the hardest boss for me in the game. <laughs>
0: That's really funny.
1: It's like, oh, I'm really good at parrying and dodging. Nope, he still turns into a beast and just one-shots me. And I'm like... I think every time I played Bloodborne, I have to get to, like, in between level 20 and 30 just to beat him.
0: That's a, um, it's just, that's a it's really just fun like fight.
1: It, it is, but it's just weird because it's like, I killed Ebrietis the first time I fought her. The on the first try, and yet it takes me at least five tries every time I fight yes, going. I don't want
0: to hear that at all. Like Abritus was like a seven hundred tries for me or some shit. Like it was insane. <laughs> you beat so her on the
1: first time. I think I've only beaten her once or twice, but she was one of the last bosses I did, and I had like fully leveled up. Uh, what are what are Eileen's? little daggers called
0: the uh blades of mercy
1: mercy that's it uh i just went up on her butt and just like did that for like three minutes and somehow didn't die that's oh man it took me so yeah i i i mean it's probably a fluke and if i did it again it would probably take me just as long who who else took me really long um the bloodstarved beasts in the chalice dungeons took me a while as did uh ram in the dungeons and not even on do you fight ram in the defile chalice
0: No. because i know you
1: fight in the is chalice
0: yeah he shows up uh, or she shows up in the is chalice um or, yeah, no, wait no, no she doesn't um she can show up in the is chalice but she shows up in like the i think it's lower the lower piff chalices cuz okay. is is um it's one of the brain suckers, and then it's. Abridus is the last one. What is the second one, though? It's another one the of those. The second aliens... one is Celestial Emissary. The... That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I actually wanted to, uh, before we recorded this, uh, finish the last of my chalices, because I think I have Defiled, and then is great. Ethereum after that. Mm hmm. Whatever the the last Last, one is yeah yeah so i was like i want to see if i can beat Yarnums just so i can be like hey i'm on this podcast i've beaten every dark souls boss but that's (laughs) not true
0: (laughs) it's a it's it's a pretty big grind to get through all the chalices are you are you a chalice fan i like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast yeah i was
1: waiting for us to talk about this i'm kind of mixed i like the idea of chalices but Mm -hmm. once you run through the user generated ones enough times you're just like all right, I'm going to go look for the thing and then you just run around in circles looking for the switch and then the switch is like right next to where you started and you're just like, really? <laughs> I, w- I ran around for 20 minutes? So uh, on the last uh, last character that I was just like, you know what, I'm actually going to complete the chalices so i never have to do this again, which I don't think they're that bad, but... it was just still just a time sink i didn't want to put more time into um so i was just like i'm just gonna run and find all the uh switches and not worry about picking up loot or fighting anybody and so i got through most of them fairly quickly which was kind of nice
0: yeah it's um the The promise of the Chalice Dungeons is definitely greater than the actual play of the Chalice Dungeons. Although, as as most people know from the show and from Bonfireside Chat, like I'm I'm a big fan of them just as they are. Uh, I've been playing some uh, Let It Die, that recent free to play game that came out.
1: I I really want to get that because I've heard it's a lot like Souls and it's a Suda Fifty One game. And granted. The only Suda 51 game I've played is part of No More Heroes, and I'm currently playing through Killer 7. But I'm all about it, so I'm just like, I really need to check out Let It Die.
0: I'm I'm pretty hit or miss with Suda in general. Like I I love Killer 7. I love Shadows of the Damned. I couldn't stand No More Heroes. I thought Chainsaw Lollipop or Lollipop Chainsaw, whatever, was not that great.
1: I did not realize that was a Suda fifty one game until like a month ago.
0: Yeah, it's you know, his his name gets put on games sometimes. And I'm not quite sure. <laughs> like you just don't know what kind of influence he had on him sometimes. Um
1: Yeah, totally. But, uh
0: but let it die, like it's it's kind of like it's exactly like they do smart stuff to turn it into a roguelike, which is pretty much what I want out of chalices, like shared loot, um, you know, abilities that upgrade regardless of the character, like that kind of thing is, is really interesting. Like you can die. And then as you progress through the tower, like you run across your corpse and you have to kill your corpse. And like, all of this stuff. And it's, it's actually really, really good. The combat is a little clunky compared to souls, but I think that's just maybe me getting used to it and like expecting something out of it that it's not yet. So I just got to get used that, to that. That could
1: also be just like the clunkiness of every suit of 51 game.
0: <laughs> True. Yeah. There's cause killer seven, as much as I like it, like there's some weird controls on that game. Like where you get kind of get like, I remember moving through like, I don't know, like some hallways or something and getting like kind of confused. as just to how to move through them. So
1: Yeah. I, I tried. I've, What's, what's funny is uh, my, my copy of Killer7 is actually a, a friend of mine's that I've actually had for as long as I've been dating my girlfriend, because uh, he, he gave it to me just uh, before we started dating, and that was four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so now i'm just like i should get that so i can give that back <laughs> and so i i i tried playing it a couple of times i'm like i really like this aesthetically and visually but i don't know how this game works i don't know where i'm supposed to go i kept running into the room where there's like the the smile that's just spawning eggs on the ceiling
0: oh yeah and yeah. i was
1: like i can't kill this so I, I just sat on it for like a week and then I called my friend. I was like, you finished this game. Come show me how to play it. And nice. so he he helped me, you know, get through the beginning. So I'm just like, okay, now I understand how this works. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's a really fun game.
0: So after Bloodborne, did you jump into Dark Souls 3 or did you... Because you mentioned you had played Demon Souls before. So when, when did you pick up Demons?
1: So I picked up Demons last. I okay. got like three a week after it came out and then i got demons in like august
0: okay maybe. So not long ago
1: yeah so actually what i did is i bought demons uh and i was like i think after like a day of playing it i was like i don't have any money in my bank account i need to buy school supplies i should beat demon soul so i can take it back so i can buy school supplies <laughs>
0: it's fair okay
1: which which you know was cool cuz i beat demon souls in like 4 days but that was because i uh, played it constantly and used the soul dupe glitch which i uh, i've gotten demon souls since and i still use that just cuz i'm like this game's really fun i don't like grinding in it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i i use the uh, i i use that on my to tr- I, don't, I haven't done it yet but that was going to be my platinum run I was going to try to collect everything so I just wanted to be like as buffed up as possible with tons of health and you know so I didn't have to worry about anything and uh, even then grinding for like the in-game upgrade materials is just such a slog <laughs> like it's just and so even, boring
1: and even if you like power yourself up a lot the, the game is still hard yeah that's
0: <laughs> even if you stay in soul form all the time like with your entire health bar like it's it's still pretty difficult. <laughs>
1: yeah it's really interesting that way um like i feel like possibly even more so than the rest of the games for me it could be that i just know it the least but you know i'm just like i'm just gonna you know i have all this health i'm just gonna run and get this item and then i'll just die on the way (laughs) but uh three i kind of made a mistake with three in the sense that I was so hype that I watched all the pre-release footage. <laughs> that was not good. And I got on a oh no. ruined for me and I was just, it was bad.
0: God, that Don't, pre-release footage. I'm not going to go into it because people know how I feel about it, but like
1: Namco, what are you doing?
0: Like that's not the like, way you should release this
1: game. Like this, like the streamer, like free for all aside, like even like the couple months before when you could play it, like they had footage up to the like Curse Wat- Rod Roddy Greatwood. Mm-hmm. I, I watched all that, and I was like, this game looks so tight, I'm so excited. And then I was just like, well, I'm not going to get a PS4 for a while, so I'll just watch some footage. And then I was just like, oh, I'm, I guess I have enough money to go buy a PS4, but I've ruined a lot of parts of the game for myself. Oh well. <laughs> so when Ashes came out, I was like, no guides, no nothing. I'm literally just going through this until I find everything, which was really nice. But it was also Nash's. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It is what it is at that point. Which
1: which I like more than Gary, but it's not my favorite. It's it I have this really weird dichotomy. I I d I don't know if that's the right word for why I'm going with this, but uh between Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3 um, when I'm playing dark souls two, I'm struggling and I'm like, I don't like this. I'm not having fun. And when I'm playing dark souls three, I'm like, this is so much fun. This is so mechanically fluid. I'm having a blast. And then as soon as I step away from the game, I'm like dark souls three sucks. And dark souls two is so good.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's weird how the games work that way. Like they definitely have different strengths and weaknesses and, um, like I, I, it's one of those things where if I talk at length about any of them, it makes me want to go back and play that game. Like it just like mentioning Dark Souls two and talking about like I mentioned power stancing whips and I was like,
1: Man, I should go get that build back. I haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> like I didn't know what power stancing was until like two weeks ago and I was like, Have I been playing Dark Souls Two wrong for the last
0: year? <laughs> I tell you, uh a good time power stancing is to kill the uh smelter demon in the main game and then to
1: And, and then the D L C and do and both the, of them?
0: And then do both of them, both of the swords. That's uh that's a pretty hilarious time right there. <laughs> well, Honestly, I know you're you're a, a musician. I'm kinda curious. I always like to talk to my, my music people about like the music of the souls games. Like, do you have any kind of thoughts or impressions of the music in the in the series in general or or specifically to certain games?
1: So I'm going to put on my snob hat for a minute in the sense that aside from, you know, writing electronic music and writing stuff for band music, I also write classical music because that's what you do in college, at least as far as my university is concerned. So I do have appreciation and love for that. And I do it a lot. I don't just do it because I have to, but uh, it's, it's really uh, affected my perception of the music in soul games uh, because, uh for the most of the games outside of demons and bloodborne for me uh it's just so like it's it's there to get you pumped up and like tense over the boss fight but on its own i've never really cared for it like i think one day i was like you know, I'm going to sit down and really listen to the entire dark souls, one podcast or podcast, uh, (laughs) soundtrack. And I was just like, man, all these songs are the same. (laughs) And like, I was listening to one and I was like, this has a lot of cool orchestration details, like a bunch of different instrument families doing different things. And harmonically it was really contemporary. Uh, Like it had like a lot of strange notes in the melodies that give it uh, a lot of contemporary classical music is, for lack of a better term, really strange. Mm -hmm. That's when you get into like atonality and 12 tone stuff where it Mm -hmm. just sounds really bizarre. And so I was into that, but because it needed to loop in a specific way, it was just cut into these very, very like rigid sections, which I think just ruined the entire flow of how it could have worked.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: Um, so, and I was just listening to it. I'm like, you know, for a game where you could just like go nuts with like light motifs and like themes in between bosses, there was just none of that. Um, which kind of bummed me out. And even tracks like, uh, pinwheels theme which starts off really cool once it gets going it just turns into like every other dark souls song i'm just (laughs) like man this was so cool and now it's just the same as everything else
0: pinwheels track like that weird um like, warmly noise at the beginning is like some of my favorite noises in the world. <laughs> like, I know that's yeah, ridiculous no, to yes, have a favorite it's, it's noise, but really great. Yeah, it's it's really um, good. Like, that's like probably the secret best track on the Dark Souls one, besides like the, um, there's like a hidden, uh, credits track that is on the soundtrack, but not in a game anywhere, I think. And that one's
1: pretty good. Oh, really? Good. Yeah. I should check that out.
0: It's, it's a bit and, more of a like standard piece, but it's very, it's kind of like, it's not like Gwen's theme, but it's just very low key like Gwen's theme. Like, it's not, Huge orchestras and, and like bombasticness. Like, it's it's very, very, like I said, low key chill. So, it's good. It's, a, yeah. it's worth a listen. <clears throat>
1: Gwen's theme's really good.
0: Gwen's theme is really good. I I despise what they did with it in Dark Souls 3. Like, I when hearing the Gwen's theme mixed into like all of that crazy, like noise that it was the Soul of Cinder track, uh, just really irritated me. Like, I rolled my eyes during the boss fight. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm still <laughs> kind of mixed on that as, as far as like I, I know why people don't like that boss and I know why people do like that boss and I don't quite know where I stand because like on one hand like fighting basically what's essentially every Dark Souls build ever just like switching up every like few you know every 30 seconds I think is really cool mm-hmm. but also just like Man, that is the most like stupid wish fulfillment shit I've seen in a <laughs> Souls game. So, so I'm just like, it's cool, but also I see where everyone says when it sucks. Yeah, I get it. Uh, but uh, I recently like went and listened to just the Dark Souls 2 soundtrack, and mm-hmm. I was surprised at how much more I liked it than 1, despite the fact that when I played through the game, none of it really did anything for me. Yeah, so I'm having was... a
0: hard time coming up with um outside of like maybe Sir Alone's theme and the DLC, like I'm having a hard time even thinking about like any of the Dark Souls 2 music as standalone tracks. Maybe the Demon of Song. I think it has some pretty interesting music.
1: Yeah, and uh I, I definitely feel you on that. I, I like hadn't noticed until I actually sat down and was like, oh yeah, this was kind of cool. Um but with Demon Souls, that soundtrack is so cool and it's so like Rich, as far as, like, this is a really spooky demon. We're going to have this really dorky trumpet fanfare play over it, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm so into this.
0: <clears throat> yeah, the instrumentation that they used and is just, like, it's so different from anything else that the series has done, and, like, that's the kind of stuff that I crave. Like, I don't need... Like the the mini music of Dark Souls Three was is like this over the top like wah, and it's okay, it's fine for what it is, and it kind of gets you excited to play the game. But it's not something that is like to me. It did, like that music in Demon Souls fits that game so well. Whereas the stuff that is in Dark Souls, a lot of the stuff that's in Dark Souls One, Two, and Three can fit any video game boss fight. You know what I'm saying? Like it would no, be, definitely, it,
1: definitely, it, it, it
0: wouldn't be out of place in like a Devil May Cry game. If that makes sense.
1: And like, you know, the the part in three when you when you fight uh, Aldrich and it plays part of uh, Gwendolyn's theme, Mm -hmm. like with with the entire series could have done that way more and it would have paid off really well, especially in three, because it's just like, oh, you know, we have these intercollecting themes from the first one. Let's bring some of them back. So that we have some, you know, non-visual, non-story ties to the first game that aren't as, you know, obnoxious and in your face.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <clears throat> as like, hey, hey, guess what? Uh, guess who was here? Yeah, it was Logan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like that people like got really obsessive about that uh, Aldrichs theme, like pulling out like, oh, this is the same chord progression as the Gravelord Nito theme, and like, oh so that, god, that must mean that he's eaten Gravelord Nito too. And I'm like, does uh, it though? Uh-huh. Like in this in this fiction, and you can believe whatever you want to. Like your head cannon is your head cannon. I'm not here to take away anybody's fun, but like, are, do you think that the bosses hear the music at the same time you are? Like, is that what you think? <laughs> uh, I don't know.
1: Like. <clears throat> As it stands, I love headcanon, and I love things that, like, for lack of a better term, kind of encourage you to create one, but, like, with the lack of, like, concrete connections in 3 and the fact that, you know, you need headcanon to make the story make sense, and that has led people to just be like here's my headcanon, but I'm going to make it so that it sounds like I'm giving you the actual thing that happens. I just find it so obnoxious.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, just the Dark Souls 3 video content, like, boom. is just, <laughs> like, really, really
0: yeah, worn it's my insane. patience. <laughs> yeah, like it's I, like, look
1: at all these PvP and bad lore videos. I'm just like, ah. Oh.
0: Uh, me and Gary had a, a a long uh digression that um will end up on a Days of Future Cast episode at some point about um I don't even know how we got there, but just talking about the difference in video content from when Dark Souls One released and now. And like and when Dark Souls One was released, it was almost like the Wild West. And I'm not trying to get like I saw the Rolling Stones like when, in 90 and you know, 67 before they were big. Like I don't want to sound like that jackass or anything, but like there was something about it then where like people were Seem to be asking like genuine questions and trying to figure stuff out as opposed to, you know, I'm going to spend 10 minutes rambling about this one NPC because I know it'll get me clicks. I know I'll get, I'll yeah, yeah.
1: And <clears throat> I, uh, I really love the stuff that, uh, Richard Pillbeam and, uh, Aegon of Astora do. I think his name is Callum. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they won't like do anything as far as like make really, really weird conjectures just based on like. Random thoughts they pull out of their ass They will just walk around the game and be like that's cool Maybe that means this That's cool what about this <laughs> And it's just kind of like little Supposed things And I, and that are just because they're actually Taken from actual cute Clues that the game gives you I just find so much more Like interesting And satisfying
0: yeah.
1: Than I'll- just like oh Maybe Manus is Jesus Christ <laughs>
0: was pretty much the one I was thinking of. (laughs) I
1: saw that and I was like, "Really, dude?" Like,
0: and I didn't, I didn't watch the video, so I didn't, I didn't. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain about the content, but just that concept is just like, I mean, sure, the
1: concept (laughs) and like (laughs) whatever. Just just, to just sum up, like the world of post DS3 video content.
0: Oh man, I I like the uh, um the more abstract stuff that people do too. Like uh Neo Loki has been on the show before and he makes like these incredibly weird and interesting narratives that are and I, I tell everybody like he should have way more views because it's like David Lynch meets dark souls. And everyone that I know likes dark souls seems to like David Lynch. So I don't know where people are not watching this stuff. I don't know why people aren't watching this stuff, but man, it's so good. Like it's just so I much mean,
1: fun. You drop both of those things in front of me and you've got me interested. So I'm definitely going to look into that.
0: Oh yeah. Go, go check out his, his most recent one on dark souls three is all about the, the, uh, the uh, Lord of hollow stuff. And it's, it's great it's just all universally just fucking awesome like it's it's really really good anyway we're a bit over time so dylan thank you very much for coming on and waking up at the crack of dawn basically to do this podcast with me i appreciate it
1: oh it's fine thank you for having me it was really great to be on and actually talk about dark souls with someone that's not my girlfriend because she does not care
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel you on that one. We, I, I keep talking about the Dark Souls Widows podcast, and maybe one day I'll get around to doing it. So
1: <laughs> I, I, I was actually telling her about that. I was like, if if they do that, I'm gonna send in your name to be a guest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did not ask me something that I had prepared. Uh, I was waiting for you to ask me about the uh, future of the Dark Souls series. Oh yeah, I co- t- so <laughs> I've I could, completely uh, forgot cause about it. Cause, yeah, it's it's okay, but I do want to tell you what I had in mind. Um, okay. so. Uh, my PS4 is not a Souls machine, it is a Bankai Namco machine. <laughs> because <laughs> Bankai Namco owns me in two properties, Souls and Idolmaster. Okay. <laughs> so, I really, really want a Dark Souls game with either IMAS NPCs or IMAS character models.
0: <laughs> what is, like, what would that, because I'm not familiar with Idolmaster, so, like, so, what I'm picturing in my head is, like, that, um it's like where you're in a concert or something and like someone's singing at you. Is that idol master or am I, or am I getting some kind stuff mixed of, up? So
1: how the games work at their, like the original games work at their core is it's like you, uh, you're like a idol producer and you basically have to make them successful, but you also get to watch them sing and dance and you get to pick out their outfits and stuff. It's really dumb, but it's okay. a lot of fun. <laughs> But uh, I think a friend of mine uh, a while back drew a picture of one of the characters uh, dressed up like Artorias, and I was like, I need more of this content.
0: <laughs> I would like to see that. Like, I- I'm interested in just, like, weird stuff that they could do with the existing characters. Like, I've made the joke a couple of times about Namco doing, like, a like a dating game or something, like, because that just seems like a very Namco thing to do. But, um Yeah yeah I just want to see like weird stuff that they could do with the characters or just leave them alone entirely like that would also work
1: <laughs> yeah like i I'm kind of mixed on the sense where it's like I really like Souls games, I can't stop playing them uh but also like as as a as a creator myself i I don't personally know this I can imagine how awful it must be for you know the the curse of you made a good thing, just keep making that thing. Because we like it, and just how infuriating that must be. Just be like, for me to sell this thing, people want me to make the same thing I just made <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, this, and I like mean, I'm, I'm definitely uh, guilty of that because it's like I love this thing. Please give me more, and I'm just like also, please don't give into that.
0: Yeah, you want it both ways, which is a weird way to be in a consumer, but. I'm always reminded yeah. of that. Uh, I don't remember what song it is, but that Jay Z track where he's like, "You want my old shit? Go buy my old albums. Like that's still out yeah. there. Just go buy them. I'm, I'm doing different shit now. Like that always really spoke to me. It's like anything that you create, you want to you want to grow over time. And some people are going to come with you on that trip, and some people aren't. So, um, where can people find you on the internet?
1: So uh, you can find me uh, most notably on the internet by my music alias Banshee Beats. Uh, you can find me on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash bansheebeatmusic. Um, my new website at bansheebeat.net. Um, my Facebook, which I uh, facebook.com slash bansheebeatmusic. Um, twitter.com at Bansheetweet. BansheeBeat was taken, so I thought I'd be kind of cheeky with the workaround. Mm-hmm. Um, and bandcamp.com or bansheebeat.bandcamp.com. Uh, I have a new e p that 's coming out fairly soon i don't have a release date for that yet since i 'm still just trying to figure out all the post production stuff, but keep an eye out for that uh Jeremy, thank you for having me. Uh, it was a blast to f- finally you know contribute to the massive world of dark Souls that i have been really into over the last year, maybe a little too into.
0: That's uh this was a lot of fun. Again, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And um, I'll oh, have yeah. I'll have links to all of that stuff in the show notes if people want to follow up and um me and Dylan talked earlier. I think we're gonna have one of his tracks at the end that's probably playing underneath this as we talk, and you can listen to the whole thing after the credits. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find a podcast on Twitter at DGUS Podcast. Also put up uh, episode previews on Instagram, so search for me over there if you want to see just sixty-second clips. We're also on Tumblr and Facebook if those are your preferred social media networks. Thank you for listening, and as always, remember, don't give up, skeleton. I arrive
1: at the stroke of midnight Push the door and head inside